This is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewart is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. Oh, we're going to do you, you're a manager. Doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Ewart and Mike Salk. Hello! Did the Seahawks just recreate the Kansas City Chiefs pre-Patrick Mahomes? I think there's an argument to be made that they certainly did something like that. Geno Smith signing his deal yesterday, and it does look a lot like Alex Smith's deal when he was with the Chiefs. And he did put up some pretty similar numbers to what Alex Smith did in Kansas City. Was that the goal here, Brock? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm just watching Anthony Richardson oh. tape right now. So... Are we back on? We are back on. Did you enjoy it? Isn't game tape great? It's fantastic. I mean, it is so great. It's better than your YouTube highlights. Is Anthony Richardson going to be the next Patrick Mahomes? Is he the guy? I just showed you a throw that looks exactly like Patrick Mahomes, right? I just showed you a throw. He's playing Kentucky here, and he's on the run, and he just flicks a ball 42 yards on the run. Like, just his body doesn't even have to be into the throw. And he just throws an absolute laser C down the right sidelines, and then you come back the very next throw, and you have a flat. Just put it on him, let him run. And he throws it over his head, right? And, and it's just that. I mean, that's that's the story of of this kid's career. But well, six four, some of that Patrick. Mahomes in college? Not really. I, I mean, I, I remember your comments about Mahomes. You weren't in love with him at all. Oh, I was. Oh I, oh, I absolutely was. Yeah. And Bob, I remember doing games with Bob with shoes on him. Bob actually says that, you know, it was doing some of his games where I'm like, you, you can't do that. You're not supposed to do that. Were there inconsistencies? Absolutely. Did he play in an air raid where you thought, well, none of this translates? Did he have to break through some of those narratives? But he did stuff physically like this kid that you're just not supposed to be able to do, mm-hmm. right? On a dead sprint like a shortstop but, but right that's sort of my point is yes that they both have that ability to do it yes didn't Mahomes have some of the same inconsistency he was more refined his accuracy and his yeah he had a little more anticipation and accuracy in a system that was just all volume passing this system I'm watching at Florida is a high school college you know like spread system trips into the boundary create space very simple very up-tempo uh, Patrick had to do more in the passing game, got to see the game spatially. And so you could project a little bit more, but just as Andy Reid that year was so enamored, frankly, just as John Schneider was so enamored with Patrick Mahomes, right? And if Patrick Mahomes kept falling in that draft, I think the Seahawks would have taken him that year. But this is a different situation, man. That was at a time where you were locked into contracts. That was at a time where you didn't have a ton of cap space. That was at a time where, you know, you had Russell Wilson, who was the established guy. This is a different time, man. This is a time where you have cap space, where you have draft capital, where you do believe in Geno, but even Geno's deal that he signed himself is so still a prove-it deal. It's generational money. It's more than he's ever made. It's triple guaranteeing, right, $40 million, two and a half times guaranteed what he's ever made in his career to this point. But, yeah, man, the more that we dig into this, a couple hours in, 24 hours after the deal gets signed. With, with all of these issues, man, with all of the issues we were just talking about on your defense, can you really draft a quarterback at five? Can you really draft a quarterback at five? Can you really take Patrick Mahomes at 12? Kansas City's there. You're in the playoffs with Alex Smith. He just threw, he's a pro bowler. He just threw 27 touchdowns to five picks. You really take Patrick Mahomes? Give him another weapon. Give him another piece. Let him win a Super Bowl. And that was a decision that ultimately Andy and that organization said no. Nope. It wasn't at five. It wasn't at five. It I think it was at 12. 12. Is yeah, the guy that 12. earlier was like, I just don't like to be in between. I either want to be all in or all out against whoa, 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 drafting whoa, 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 a quarterback whoa, 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 whoa. at five. Hey, hey. 
Start over. Okay, we're affirming the final <laughs> 90 oh, minutes. Okay. All right. How do I word this? Mora, Mora so please start that messaging over. A point that you may have made earlier, and I'm confused. <laughs> Could you perhaps clarify for me? Is that, is that a better? I'm not making a point. I'm asking a question, psycho. <laughs> Whoa, jeez. Let's tone Whoa. it down. Earlier you were very I'm asking a question. Earlier affirming, you were upset that affirming. you felt like they, they made a move that was in between and you don't like to be in between. Uh-huh. Taking a quarterback in the I second agree, or third I agree, which is round. why I'm asking the question. Mm-hmm. Can, can you afford to do it? I'm not telling you you can't. Well, that frankly, would be, wouldn't that be a boom? I think it would be very interesting. I'm not, I'm not telling you you can't. You I think that it would be an interesting move psycho. if you did. Yeah, take that back. No, you take that back. No. Please apologize. No. To, to Maura's point, she's right. I was listening to that, and there's a lot of it, and this is just the philosophical. Like, I don't want to be in between. Right. Either go big or, or you know, go minimal and, and do it that way. Well, if they take a QB of five, you know what they're doing? They're going big. Yeah. They're, they're, they're doing what Gino you want. How reacts to that? If they took a QB at five? Yeah. Ooh, you might get him in his happy place of competition. Great. Great. Now, oh, now I got to keep proving it, right? Now I got this, you know, and and that that's his makeup and his mentality anyway. Fine, bring it on. Let's go, right? I I think if anything, that actually plays a little bit to his. Mm-hmm. Now I got to go earn these incentives, and now I got to go prove it again. And you know, I get it. He, he's been around this league. He's been around Eli Manning. He's been around franchise guy. Like he's been around Russell Wilson, so he knows the way this league operates. And if they were to take this Anthony Richard kid, he's not going to hold his hand and say, hey, come here, Anthony. Right. Let me show you the ropes. He's going to say, hey, man, you're uber talented, but I'm a baller. And I'm going to go out here and I'm going to prove it. It might actually. <laughs> who was that who did that on Hard Knocks? It was basically like, yeah, I'm not here to help. Yeah, who was that? It wasn't Jared. Maybe it was Goff. just Aaron Rodgers talking about Jordan Love. Like, no. yeah, I'm not here to help with that. Well, he's, he certainly did that. No, it was somebody else too here recently. I remember somebody saying that. Yep. Like, yeah, that's not really my that's job. That's not my job. I'm here to win, thanks. Yep. Like, uh, it's my own. Oh, career. it's Carson Wentz. Oh, yeah. Yep. How'd that work out? Not well. No, not yeah. particularly. <laughs> not particularly great. So, yeah, I don't know, Salk. I mean, this news came down yesterday that, that Bob and, and Dave crushed it. And, 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 you know, got to deal with all the breaking news and everything that comes with it and all then some of the numbers that fly around. I got to be honest with you, man. The more that we uncoil this, like a fishing line with a king salmon that's gone running on you and you're trying to reel that thing in, the more this line goes out, I'm, yes, with the caveat that they have got to commit to this front seven, that they have got to totally do what the Bengals did when they had Joe Burrow and said, okay, you know, we're good. How, how do we get great? And we're going to spend on the safeties. We're going to spend on a corner. We're going to spend on linebacker. We're going to spend on D-line. And, and we're going to build enough on that side of the ball to give Joe a chance to get to a Super Bowl. You've got capital. You've got enough cap space. This deal doesn't hamstring you. you you've you got to go for it. No, I, I think all that makes sense. The, the number five pick becomes very intriguing. Though. It sure does. Because, it, Maura, to your point, it shows which direction you're all in. Are you all in on Geno Smith is good enough and I'm going to give him the defense he needs, or are you not? And are you hedging your bed and saying, yeah, I don't believe in this guy enough to say he's going to be my quarterback for the next three or four years? I got a chance to draft somebody at number five. So while I appreciate mm-hmm. the callback to my general point, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it actually in any way is uh, you know antithetical to it. You've got to be all in one direction or another. And if you draft a, a, a defensive end with that pick, I think, and, and don't draft a quarterback until, let's say, the late second or third round. 
you are reaffirming your commitment to Gino. Mm-hmm. You are saying you believe in him. Yep. He's going to be your guy, and he's the one that you think can get you to a Super Bowl. And then maybe you'll find out more information after next year, and you can you know see if you want to delve back into the quarterback market. But if you would draft a quarterback at number five, whether it's Levis or or Richardson or whomever, I think what you're saying is I'm not all in on Geno Smith, right? They're, they're, which is what they said to Alex Smith, which right? is what they said to Jimmy Garoppolo. That's right. We're not all in on you. We're, you're fine. You're a good placeholder. Maybe it'll work out. We're going to give you a reasonable shot at it. But we're not putting all of our eggs in your basket. We're going to put some eggs in a potential future. In one of those futures, it worked out great, Patrick Mahomes. In one of those futures, Trey Lance has been an abject failure in every sense of the word. So, a lot of different, lot of different but then, ways but then to they play took this. this. Then they took this little kid from Iowa State who had know. four years of, of playing underneath him and had just guts and stones and onions and went out there and took them, you know, all the way to the NFC Championship game and save for a blown-out elbow. Who knows? Who Maybe knows? took them all the way to a Super Bowl victory. Yeah. So, yeah, man, these, these team builds are utterly fascinating. There's no, there is no one way to do it, that's for sure. But John and Pete generally seem to be pretty well convicted in what it is they want to do and the system that they want to run. And we'll talk to Pete about that coming up here in 20 minutes. How does Geno fit? How does the future fit? We'll talk to Pete at 930. We'll come back with everything you need to know next. This hour is brought to you by 3010 Weight Loss for Life. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. A lot of information this morning. Mike Garofalo kicked it off with some news on the more uh, accurate value of Geno Smith's contract. He says a base value of 25 per season, three years, 75 with $40 million for full guaranteed at signing. So, essentially what you're dealing with is $30 million in incentives and what is, could really be as little as a $40 million deal. Obviously, the cap hit is going to be significantly lower than the $35 million a year this was reported as yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, whereas I start off the day saying, I don't love it, I don't hate it, I probably wouldn't have done it, as those numbers become more obvious and more clear, it seems like a pretty good deal for the Seahawks, and I think it puts them in more of an Alex Smith in Kansas City range than a Kirk Cousins in Minnesota range. Yeah. I wasn't interested in building the long-term future around an expensive Geno Smith, but a deal that isn't for that much money in terms of the cap that you can get out of if you draft somebody else that you were in love with, well, that has a lot of appealing nature to me, especially if you can go do what you need to in free agency to build up your defense. Yeah, you know, I, one of my favorite classes in college was business negotiations, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. One of the rare classes I got into some of the business school and got to be a part of that, and there have been books written that this whole win-win idea is a fraud and false, and that's not how negotiations go. But the more that this just uncoils and that we learn and, and we peel back the layers, this feels like a win-win. Gino got the generational money that, that he was searching for with all of his tweets of all of those lyrics over the last 12 months. He's got $40 million guaranteed, and that is generational wealth after an incredible season that he played. The Seahawks, they also have flexibility. It, 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 this deal does not all of a sudden preclude them from taking a quarterback. This deal doesn't eat up so much of the cap space that they can't spend on their defense that they know that front seven in particular, they've got a fix. So while you may not want to deem it a win-win, I certainly call it a fit for both sides. Here's the second thing. 
you need to know. Hey, we've been talking a little bit this morning about the day yesterday for Luis Castillo, his second straight start that was not bad, but certainly not ace-worthy. You know, spring training starts, and they don't mean much, and his history in spring training is not spectacular. In fact, quite the opposite. But his reputation is also such that he has started off the years fairly slowly, and they can't afford that. They need to get off to a hot start. They need Luis Castillo to tune in what we hope will be, well, something like a Cy Young kind of a season. So, yeah, I, I'm watching this one. I, I, You know how strongly I feel about him and how important I think that your pitching staff is going to be to this season. All of a sudden, you go through your last start for Castillo, Gilbert, and, and uh, Kirby. None of them mm-hmm. were particularly sharp. Now, thankfully, it's March 7th and not April 7th, so none of these should be any sort of a major warning sign, but they're all things that we're going to watch for to see how these guys progress over the course of the next few weeks. Meanwhile, Bryce Miller was fantastic again yesterday. Young righty went three scoreless. Ty France with a couple of hits. And uh, nice to see Kate Marlowe with a home run and Cal Raleigh drive in one as well. Kate Marlowe's got a little pop, by the way. We saw him hit a triple and scoot around those bases, and he's an athletic dude, and maybe a little bit of electricity in that bat. Keep an eye on Dylan Moore. You know, he's continued. They've been very, very patient, very slow with him. Haggerty, they kind of took a step back in center field. Rightfully so. You're going to be patient. It is an extra long spring training this year. Um, but that that is worth watching. I'll say this about Lu- Luis Castillo. Two things. Um, number one, that word partner that we've heard talk about. You know, you sign a contract like that, and, and you really become a partner in this. And, and you want the best for, for both sides. Secondly, I'm thrilled he said no in that partnership to the WBC. Because you know what you don't want with a guy that's building up and sitting there at 92 and 93 on a fastball? You don't want him going to the WBC, playing in some big moments, and all of a sudden going, okay, it's time for me to crank this thing up to 98, 99. That is not what you want to see. So I think that that's actually good news, that he will get to build in Peoria and not be thrown in the environment with the WBC starting tomorrow, March 8th to 18th, if you want to watch. Here's the third thing you need to know. There are so many pass rushers that are going to be available for the Seahawks who could certainly use help at that spot. Frank Clark reportedly going to be available again. He was not able to work anything out in Kansas City. Add him to a market that already has Bud Dupree from Tennessee, Leonard Floyd, who's been in L.A., and you got some real names, very similar to what happened when the Seahawks got Averill and Bennett before 2013. And, oh, yeah, it's an incredible draft for edge rushers, probably where this draft is deepest there in tight end. So if you're the Seahawks, that's sort of shaping up nicely. Now, mm-hmm. you still need help on the inside of your defensive line, but the edge may be a spot where you could really improve. Still need some help at linebacker as well. That As we sit in this building, Gino is the only quarterback now under contract for these Seahawks. When you look at inside linebacker, you look at defensive line, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of need. There's a lot of cap, and there's uh, uh, you know uh, some draft capital that you have not had. So I would align those things as well in this like two year window here that you have moving ahead. You know the other thing that strikes me, and and it comes you know deadlines always spur action, and this franchise tag deadline today is going to spur further action. We've already seen it. This league, man, when you're on top. It is so hard to stay there. So the Chiefs have to move on, you know, last year from Tyreek Hill. This year from from Frank Clark and then likely Orlando Brown, their left tackle, they're not going to franchise. Like just the decisions that you have to make. The Rams, right, after going for it and going all in and, and going and actually winning a Super Bowl now could be without Leonard Floyd and without Bobby Wagner and without Jalen Ramsey. And it's just, just the structure of this league and the way that cap is set up. 
man, it is. It, it calls for well, and uber, it, and, uber and it tough decisions. it does bring back that idea that we're talking about with Andrew Brandt of like, well, the cap doesn't matter until it does. Correct. Right? There's plenty of ways to get around it short term, but eventually you got to pay the piper. And you're seeing it in New Orleans, you're seeing it in L.A., and you're seeing it elsewhere yep. in the league with a lot of interesting players who are now on the market. So there you go. That's everything you need to know. Uh, we do that quarter past every hour here on the new Brock and Salk show. Does it lead you and, and make you wonder, like, what if the NBA and Major League Baseball and, and, and NHL had – I think the NHL does, right? Would that be the next closest Probably. as far as just a legit cap? Because the other two just pay luxury taxes, right? Mm-hmm. The NBA and MLB, if you want to, you just pay all these luxury taxes you know, out of the owner's pockets. What if Major League Baseball was set up with that kind of hard structure? Where Good you, luck. Huh? Good luck. Oh, you're never going to do it now, you know, obviously. But it is it is one of the strengths of this league and why it's nearly a 365-day-a-year conversation that it just never, ever, you can never, ever rest. These team builds are complicated and complex. You're on top. You're going to have to pay your top guys. And once you pay those top guys, yeah, it just... And, and, and the quarterback position just drives it to a new level because of its extreme importance compared to everything else. Mm-hmm. And the entire game is set up around, do you have it or not? Can you affect the other team's quarterback or not? What do these two deals, though, with Carr and Gino both tell you? Mm-hmm. Right? They both tell you it's a little bit. starting to wise up a it's little starting bit. starting to. We've started to feel this just a little bit, right? Moving on from Russell Wilson. Can't do that. No way you can ever do that. You never let a franchise. Uh. Well, and you can see. I mean, the Raiders are really doing it right. They move on from Derek Carr, and they're going to end up with Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. What the heck are they doing over there? Uh. They're gonna get Tom, like unless they get Tom Brady. No, he's not. It doesn't retire. sound like he's nope. gonna do. Nope. That's a really weird yep. situation. All right. The reason we are down here today, Pete Carroll, he uh, makes a big move yesterday as his team resigns Geno Smith. We will talk to him about that and a lot more next. Don't go anywhere. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on seven ten SeattleSports.com. You're listening to Brock and Salk, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Waiting on Pete Carroll, who should be with us uh, momentarily here on Brock and Salt, Sales Sports on 710. Of course, the big news coming out yesterday that the Seahawks had agreed to a deal with Geno Smith. Today is the deadline for the franchise tag. I don't think we thought that that was a likely uh, uh, weapon for them mm-hmm. with Geno, but it was a deadline. And as you mentioned, those do spur actions, and something got done yesterday. Initial reports three years, $105 million. As we dug into that more, and more reports came out today it seems like that's uh, you know a bit of a stretch yes it could get up to that but uh, a lot of those uh, dollars are in incentives and the guarantee sounds a lot closer to 40 million dollars which mm. is you know lower than 40 percent of that total number how about these just stepping back how about these 364 days i mean how about them like what is more as we sit here today just more astounding that one year ago tomorrow Russell Wilson was traded. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like this Geno deal, I mean, that, that Russell one was even more, like, shocking. Nobody, you know, the late, great John Clayton was like, there's no way. And most of the consensus was like, come on. And most of the callers were like, that's never going to happen. If you had asked me a year ago, which is more shocking, Russell yes. Wilson getting traded or Geno Smith getting this much money? Correct. I think I know what I would have said. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been this that would have been more surprising at the time. But uh, we do have the coach with us, and he's going to walk us through a big deal that was made yesterday. Coach Carroll, good morning. How What's are up? you? Wow, I, we got everybody in the house. Yeah, Everybody's kind of here. That's what yes. happens. Everybody. It's even, a big day, even. right? You're committing to a quarterback. We're moving forward. How did this get done? 
Yeah, um, really well. <laughs> was done really well. Everybody uh, stayed really, you know, on point. Communication was great. Um, the focus was there to, to get something done, and, and uh, so we got it done in timely fashion. You know, we're ahead of free agency, which we needed to do, and, and uh, really everybody's thrilled about it. Um, owner, was, you know, Jody was great about it all the way through. She gave uh, John the, the freedom to do what he needed to do to make the deal, and then then in in visiting her with her yesterday, she was really pleased and excited. She 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 took a lot out of Gino's accomplishments in last year, and and uh, was really proud of him and and excited to, you know for the future and moving on. So everybody's connected on it. So it's a good deal, a good deal for a club. And I think it sends a really good message too to the everybody on the outside. That this is this is a good place, you know, and and uh, the, the, things are going in the right direction. And we're fired up about it. We see the headline yesterday. From the day that we talked to you last, after the, the 49er that Monday, and you said, we're bouncing right into this offseason, right? Amazing draft capital, and we'll get to that in a little bit, and these decisions to make. When we talked to you that day to, what, about two months later, how much work goes into this Geno deal? Is it an everyday thing for you? Is it every week? Is it just kind of the behind-the-scenes, I guess, process to get well, this done? Well, you, know, you know, really give credit where credit is due. I'm, I'm riding along with John on this one, and uh, he and Matt Thomas were, you know, on it constantly to make sure that we had a schedule and we would the communication was excellent you know and ongoing and there was no voids because there's in these kinds of negotiations the spaces can really cause issues you know and uh both you know gino's representation and our guys just didn't let that happen what so, do you mean the spaces well the the, the time frames you know because it's just the the quiet times you know and, you, and the minds start rolling and everybody's thinking this or thinking that all the alternatives what's going on you know and, and uh that can cause problems but we, we were very sensitive to making it a great pros, uh, process. And so it was ongoing. Yeah, it was on the whole time. We were always talking about it. And it, it's meaningful in so many areas, working together so that we would have an opportunity to continue to compete, to bring guys to this club and get guys on our, on our team in the locker room uh, was it's been at hand, and now really, now we're really rolling. You know, we we can plan, we can plan, but until we knock the big one in the boat, and, and the other things that happened, Jason was a really big deal. You know, getting Bellore was a really big deal to us. Uh, Philip Haynes was a, a, those were all really significant steps along the way that were all planned, and they've they've come off like we hoped, and so now there's a whole next uh, you know sequence of things that are going to come together, and so here we go. What is it about Gino that made you want to commit to him? Uh, all of the confidence in the world he, he gave us by the way he handled himself. Um, I, I think, you know, it's not the physical part of it. It's, it's really the other side of it. His his view, his perspective throughout was so clear and, and consistent, and, uh, and and he was so confident, and he backed it up, you know, and, and uh, he backed it up with his words, and he backed it up with his actions, and and, uh, and his teammates know, you know, every, every aspect of it. It just worked out really, really well, and um, this was hard for him. This is a huge challenge, challenge of a lifetime, and he came through. And uh, to see it, see him handling it so well, it, we marveled at that. And but then he never wavered, and so it just gave us all the confidence to continue on. Can you win a Super Bowl during Geno Smith's contract? Heck yeah, we could. Heck yeah, we can. He he's going to do his part. We got to do the. We have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of stuff we have to get done. We have a, a, a lot of decisions to make. This extraordinary draft coming up has been ongoing too, and we haven't left that topic either. You know that's been ongoing. So there's multiple topics like just like I like a lot of balls in the air at the same time. <laughs> you know, let, let the music play. 
hey, let's you know, let's be dancing, let's do the whole thing. <laughs> well, that's what's going on. And and uh, but the the focus right now, obviously, is continuing the evaluations for the draft. But free agency is is at hand. You know, you mentioned that word confidence, and I think trust as well. Like you, you sure. know, to play that position, you got to just gain the trust of your teammates. You got to gain the trust of the staff. We talked to you every Monday, you know, during the season, and there were moments after moments where it's like, man, he's just getting it. And he's just doing the right thing through the ups and the downs and the accountability and everything else. But was there a moment or two that stood out to you as you kind of look in the rear view last year and go, yeah, okay, yeah, that, that's another big step in the trust. Yeah, yep, that, that's yeah, another big yeah, it was step. After, I think it was after game two. You just, uh, I think I might have said something to you guys. But that's when I, he's, he's going to be able to do it. You know, you could get that feeling, so let's go. And we don't. And that was in San Francisco? So Denver to open, right, yeah, in was, San Francisco. It was after, it was just. Two weeks into it, we just knew that he could he could carry out what we were trying to get done, and he was confident about it, and he was handling it. He was handling himself in front of the team and all of that. You could just see that you know we, Gina was going to have a, a chance to have a really good run at this thing. You mentioned free agency. How flexible can can this deal allow you to be in free agency? We have some flexibility. We don't have a lot, but we have some flexibility. We have to be really smart, really judicious about every every step of the way here. Um, and so, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're excited about it because it's just about ready to kick this thing off. Can you help me with some of the theory or the philosophy behind that? I mean, we, we see these teams that just seem like every year they can pile player after player after player and their cap goes up and up. And, and eventually, sometimes they have to pay the piper years down the road. You guys don't seem to go down that. Is that a philosophical decision? Yeah, we're, yeah we're, we're a little bit more contained than that. And we're trying to, you know, have make really good decisions along the way and still compete and and. To do that, we have to be patient. You know, we have to take our take our shots here when they come. We we don't want to be frenzied entering this first week of free agency because that's where you can make huge mistakes. You make huge commitments to make decisions. You got to go for it. And so, you know, we'll, we're going to work our way through it. Notice how many players keep coming off rosters and stuff. There's, it's happening. There's a there's a real attrition rate, and that we have to be available for those moments too. So. Uh, you know we're we're going to be you know we're going to be wise about it hopefully and make really good decisions that are going to fit us we're deep deep into that and i I'm, i can't talk about any of it but but we're deep into it right now and and we've been working on this for really for weeks so it's a it's an exciting time that's coming up with this geno deal just the last couple things cuz the the numbers are starting to come out and we're starting to see the actual not just the headline but the actual numbers to it uh, it feels like there's a bunch of incentives that he built into this, kind of like his deal last year where he yeah. met, I think, every one of them and doubled his, his salary because of that. How important was that in structuring this deal from your side and equally getting him to, to buy into that side that this will still be a pretty incentive-laden deal? Yeah, when, when you guys get your chance and you really dig in, you'll see that it, it, it is it is you know leaning that way we're we're counting on him coming through and doing the things that he was able to do last year and, and if he if he does that he's going to get rewarded and uh we know that if that if he's able to come back and do that he's going to have a great season and we're going to be in great shape we're going to have a real chance to be at the best at our best so um it is heavily structured that way and uh you know and he, he he's gambling a little bit in that sense on himself which yeah is, i mean what does that say about he, him no, to he's, do he's that. clear about it and they were you know this was part of it and uh, throughout, so it's a it's a really strong part of the contract, and and I think that's maybe why the ownership is so happy with it too. If you if you perform and you get it done, and you know, it, it, uh, gladly we would reward, you know. And so I th- I think that was a real combination of of thinking that that worked out for us. When we talk about committing, we're talking to Pete Carroll here. When we talk to, to about committing this this contract to Geno Smith, does it? 
prevent you? Does it allow you to draft a quarterback as well and continue to look towards the future? We, that uh, that opportunity is absolutely there. We could do whatever we need to do, you know, and and uh, um, which is a whole nother you know discussion of what's really exciting, and you know the coaches are working at it, and the scouts are working at it to try to position this thing. When there's only you're at five, this is different than we're used to seeing. You know, this is really fun to because you can pretty much predict what what's going to happen with you know four different choices you know so which one is it and and uh so um it's 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 we're alive and all you know uh, and all guns are blazing here how good is this draft class um it's interesting class there's a lot of good players um it's not as obvious on the top of just the the great guys that you got to have you know 10 8 8 or 9 10 picks off the top that's not as obvious there's a bunch of good players and so um, it's kind of how you want to go, and we're going to see what you know what the quarterback interest is early. You know, see what, if teams are going to go get it. You know, to get the QB that they want. These guys are really talented. They they look great at the combine. They, they were great in the interviews. Um, they did. Uh, they really did well by themselves, and so it didn't make it any easier for us. <laughs> you know, that, there's no easy decisions here, but that's okay. This is really this is fun stuff. Salk asked me earlier, what do you think about Gene? What would Gino think if they took a quarterback and took one pretty high? And I'm like. Well, I think knowing Gino and even this deal, like betting on himself to a degree, I don't think Gino would mind too yeah, much. Yeah, just know Gino. And how's he going to take it? Whatever we do, he's going to be, he's, he's going to take it in stride. He's not going to worry about anybody. And and this is, as a reward to what he's done, even solidifies his confidence and understanding how much trust we have in him. So, um, you know, and if that if that is to happen, that is a choice for, for the long haul of the future and, and all that. We'll see what happens. This feels like a QB class. And, you know, I was just showing Salk some game tape earlier of, you know, I don't know, this kid out of Florida that's 6'4", 244. There's a guy in Florida? Runs 4'4", four, right. four, and jumped 40 okay. inches. This is a draft. It kind of reminds you of yourself, right? Yeah, you know, we, we compared and contrasted. I had him by an inch. 4'4". Four, four. I was 6'5". Let's you, you see. Were t- you were a half inch taller than yeah. him. He has me by about a second. I think I ran 5'4". He ran <laughs> four, four. So a little different in that way. But this this QB class in particular feels as like traitsy, right? A term that the scouts and these analysts love to use, like check that box, check that box, check that box. They feel as a as a group maybe to have more of those physical traits than some of the previous draft classes. Is that fair? Uh, I don't know about that one. I don't know. You haven't paid attention. We, we, have, to those we, haven't, we haven't been classes. in those deals, you yeah. know, those kinds of opportunities. So it's I can't tell you as clearly as this class, but these guys are all they're they're singling themselves out in their individual ways that they have, you know. Uh, that it's, it's giving you some choices of style, you know, and, and uh, a background. You know, these guys are smart. They're they're so grooved. I mean, they've just learned so much football. To hear them in their meetings, they just rip off protections and concepts and routes and adjustments and line of scrimmage and changing the plays and all of the things that they know how to do. Um, Different than the nineties, not, not calling not calling the huddle as much, but they're calling. They're doing everything. Right. It's just as at the tip of their tongue, you know, to, to control whatever they need to control, and they're so fluent. It's really impressive. Uh, and these are just college kids. You know, they're just yeah. getting here. You know, to know as much as they know it just knocked us out. Pete, it was a year ago tomorrow that you guys finalized the trade for Russell Wilson and yeah. and changed the direction of this franchise considerably. What have you learned since then? Well, um, what have I learned? Um, that sometimes you got to make tough decisions and you got to go for it, and you got to, you know, that, I mean, that just reemphasized to me that sometimes you got to just say what the heck and go, you know, and, and uh, um, with really a good commitment of people and connection with the people that have to, you know, and bring in the input for those decisions, you can 
you can make good, solid choices, and and, uh, and it, it worked. You know, we we it worked out uh, tremendously for us, and and we're that's why we're sitting in, in the position for this draft, and we have a our, our some funds to work free agency because of it and uh and we're excited about it too we've had a great deal of excitement about this whole thing that's taking place and so we're looking ahead and 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 we didn't have to rebuild to do that and and i know that it may have i I didn't convince a lot of people of that (laughs) i kept telling them but we didn't have to do that mode you know and and uh, we, we were able to go for it and and uh didn't quite get it but uh we were close so the years leading up to that decision because i'm guessing it wasn't made like a year ago today and then the next day you traded russell wilson there's a lot of conversation a lot of thought and everything that went into that moment do you have any i don't want to say regrets but anything that you would do differently if you could go back to the previous few years leading up to that decision is there anything you would do differently yeah, there's there's some stuff. I'm, I don't think I need to account for it all, but there's there's uh, there's stuff along the way um, that we you know, we might have tried to follow the, the essence and the facts of what was going on more than kind of the hype. You know, we get caught up in some of the hype of it all, and uh, and, and that we could have done that a little bit better, I think, and, and everybody would have prospered. Everybody would have prospered, um, but. Um, all in all, you know, we had a great run, you know, and we've won a lot of games and we were, had a lot of success and there was a lot of excitement and there was always hope in, in that we could do stuff and we could win. You know, we won a, you know, we won a lot of games, but it's really hard to get back to that darn Super Bowl. You know, that's that's the whole prize. And um, unfortunately, we, we couldn't quite get there. I, we might have been able to maneuver our way to stay closer to that, you know, and, and those maybe three then we went to the playoffs a couple of years right after that too right mm-hmm. and the, so any one of those years right in there you know there's some stuff that we could have done that would have kept us on track it would have been cool but but to just be where we were was special and just look and look how it goes you know and, and it, it's difficult the rams have had a really hard yeah. time you know responding to it so there's i, I think that we may not have captured all of those years as much as well as i'd like well to and think. i'm sure you've learned quite a bit from that and making the decisions that sure. you're making now you know we've heard some of you know your ex-players etc and talking about those years talk about about accountability and we've heard sort of talk of uh, from your side almost strategically accommodating some of the things your quarterback wanted to do is that what you mean when you talk about things that could be done differently no, i know i some but i strategically accommodate a lot of players we i was doing that the whole time and this was a very uh, worthwhile effort to be made because these guys deserved it. They deserved the treatment. They deserved the the mentality and the way we dealt with stuff um, to keep them at their best. That was that was the great challenge is to keep everybody functioning at a really high level. And some the attention got distracted at times, but. I mean, there's a lot of – let's go back and just look at the individual stories I was working with. You know, we had a lot of guys that deserved a lot of attention, a lot of focus to keep them at the height that they were performing at. And, and then eventually it starts to move. You know, the guys get older, and it, it, it's hard to hold on to that edge and all that. But that's the thing I – you know, I like – when I go back, I wish I could tweak a couple little things here and there and keep it a little bit tighter and a little is bit better. It, and, is it know, tweaking that. the way you coached or tweaking some of the decisions you guys made as an organization of, to no, keep people that, around? All of that. And not so much to keep people around, just to keep them going at their best, to find the way to keep them at the top of their game, you know, and, and keep it all mixing well and, and all that and making the right choices as guys transitioned out. You know, that that's a that's a that's a big challenge. That's a challenge that I had never faced in coaching. You know, I'd never been there before. In college, five years are gone, you know, and okay, that's that's it. And, and years before, there wasn't enough years. We got into generational football, you know, and, and we had to deal with those factors. And that was the first time figuring that out. I think I'm better at the thought of that now. And that, 
I would love that challenge again, you know, as I look back. So, um, but that was a new deal. I think the report came out while you guys were at the combine with Russell Wilson and the history and the things that he may or may not have done because he refutes a lot of what was put out there of of him wanting you know you and and John to be uh, let go. And you said, "I'm going to hang with him. I'm going to hang with him." And I think we talked the next day, like your ability to hang with a lot of these personalities over the years <laughs> and you just continue, whether they, you know, flip you off on the field or they scorch earth on the way out. You just continue to hang. How, how and why, uh, how, how, how well will you hang with your kids? You know, if your kids, however they handle life and they deal with their changes and their challenges, are you going to bag on those guys? Because, you know, and your, and your son or your daughter, because they say something or do something or get together with the wrong person or take the wrong job or sell the wrong house or whatever, whatever it is, you know, I mean, if you love them, you love them and you're going to look, look for them to come back around. And, and if you give them the chance by demonstrating your unconditional thought to them, maybe you can help them find that too. And what I'm, what I'm un, have uncovered in my time here is our guys come back and they come back to us strong and they come back to us with, uh, with gratitude and appreciation and, Still an attitude, which I love, you know, <laughs> that's okay. And we don't have to agree on everything, you know, but we went through it together and when this is what happened and, you know, and we'll take what we got, you know, and, and, uh, and ho- hopefully learn from it and make better the next time around, you know, so um, it, it's pretty clear to me, this is not the big challenge to, to hang with people, you know, these guys gave us everything they had and, and they willingly went for it in, in every way that they could as best as we could. And, that to me, I will, how could I not hang with that? You know, that's all I need. I don't need nothing more than that. So you, you do seem to sort of equate coaching and parenting a fair amount, and it makes sense. We talked to Scott Service. I think he oftentimes says similar things. There's got to be a lot of, you know, in common between coaching players and parenting your kids. Um, one challenge, though, is there does sometimes come a time to move on from players. That's right. And if you've treated them as a child and you've treated them as a father figure, et cetera, does that make it harder for them to accept the fact that, hey, this is going to come to an end and it's not going to always be exactly Yeah, first of all, I didn't like what you said we treat him as a child because I don't want to. Fair. I don't mean it like that. I know that. I know that. I just don't want to accept that one. But, um, yeah, like I've thought and I've clearly come to the point where if I've if a guy's got to get let go or he's got to get cut or you got to tell him i want to be the guy to tell him and and if sometimes it doesn't always work out exactly the way i'd like but i would like to be there for the hard the hard stuff too and and so um you know i who would better feel their way through that moment than i can do it that's what i that's why i want to be there i don't want to and so when it doesn't separate well you know that it, it pisses me off that i didn't get it done properly but the intent is always to okay let's talk through it boom we, you know KJ and I went with this, a great illustration. KJ and I sat in the locker room one, in the in the weight room one day and talked through all this stuff. And we looked at each other and we knew we were on it. And it wasn't the you know the best stuff that we had decided was going to come about, but yet we had done it heart to heart, and it, it was it was a beautiful thing. And and so we haven't lost beat, we haven't lost step at all, you know. And it's that's what I'm hoping for. It doesn't always work out that way, but that's okay, you know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't. I'm, I'm that's how I'm going to try to get it done. And on the flip side of that, here in the next week or two, free you know free agency begins, a new league year begins, you probably get a chance to recruit. So we're talking about the tail end of we'll it. We'll be recruiting a little bit now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of like that, you know. Do you, do you enjoy that <laughs> end of it a little bit more? Heck yeah, I do. I, I, and, I mean, I, 
what I what I wind up telling guys that this is we we're like this, we're like that. This is what you can expect. And then I say, okay, but I'm stopping. To, I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm going to prove it to you when you get here, and, and I'll show you. And but so get here so we can prove it to you. You know, <laughs> and I, it was the same thing in the living rooms. You know, in recruit. You know, okay, I can tell you how good this all is. You get here. I'm going to prove it to you, and then I'm going to remind you that it turned out like we said. <laughs> <laughs> and stick it to you a little bit. You know, so yeah. if you doubt me now, you know. Anyway, we've never seen that side of you. He's sticking it to you side <laughs> over the course of doing these interviews for what is it, 13 years now? Uh, how different will your defense look next year compared to what we saw this year? Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see how we do. We've got um, you know, we've got some big decisions to make, and uh, we've got to get better. We got to play better. Um, we transitioned uh, from our scheme uh, not as tightly as I wanted to, and so this and since the day it was over, we've been on it. And talk about stuff we're focusing on, man. I've been on it, man, and I'm really excited about you know with our guys and our coaches and and, and for our players to really tighten the thing so it's really really uh, to the point where it can be great and we can play great football. There's going to be some decisions made. We got to get some guys and come to us to help us out. We've got some guys banged up that are coming back. I see how that goes. Uh, but uh, my intention in focus is, is on that as, as anything as much as anything we're doing. Do you anticipate filling Sean Desai's role? I know he wasn't a position coach um, per se. Yeah, matter of fact, um, uh, last night I, I secured that. We'll wait till we, we announce it because I, I don't know where, where we are in the formalities of that. But okay. yeah, yeah, we did get we did uh, hook up with a guy um, last night that we're really excited about that um, our coaches have worked with before. He's been in the scheme, been in uh, various schemes that will really help us. Um, uh, Really, I can tell you that Carl Scott is going to take a bigger role, and and he'll do a great job with the passing game and and uh, fill that you know that kind of the immediate spot that way. Okay. Uh, he'll be the um, senior assistant in passing. Game and this is different than the pass rush specialist that was also that's, added. No, that's, that's another thing yeah. I'm really excited about. Where do you guys where do you guys see BT Jordan get after it? He, he can coach him up now. <laughs> he's got he's got you can pull him up. Uh, he's on uh, YouTube all over the place with the, all the guys he's worked out. Through the interviews that we were going through mm-hmm. uh, and the phone calls that we got since that that word has gotten out, um, he's he's got his he's got his his lines out in the water now. He's worked with a lot of people and a lot of people love what he does and what he brings. So I think it's a really special element. Mm-hmm. Right now, too, is available. Right with, now too. Well, with with our young guys too, you know, with uh, uh, Daryl coming on and 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 Mafe showing his stuff, and of course, Chenna had a good year. Bruce had a good year uh, on the edge. We had a nice nice stuff going on there, and there's some options in in the draft too, you know, coming up. So um, he's going to be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. You guys got that. a busy couple of months ahead of you. Oh. Man, this is too much. It, to be it, fun, has, huh? it has not been not busy. It's been on the whole time. Just like you said, uh, you know, the going to work on the defensive scheme stuff and connecting the, the things we want to connect. That's that was immediate. You know, so it, there hasn't really been downtime. It's been uh, it's been pretty fun. We could sit here and talk to you all morning, but we gotta we gotta run. Okay. We gotta pave the way well, for Bumpus Stacy. No, we gotta give up. I, I got, look, I got a couple. I got another. Hey, minutes Michael Bumpus has to get on the air. I can Bump. hear him clamoming. Stacy needs stick to around. get on the yeah, air. They yeah. got questions. I'll probably for talk you to you too. too. <laughs> Call me, Bump. Uh, we will be back tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., and we will have Brock's buddy Matt Stinchcomb, Matt Stinchcomb SEC Ooh, Network, going to join us tomorrow. I don't know. There might be some SEC guys in the draft this year, maybe oh, even some man. that throw the ball a little bit. So that's tomorrow. We'll see you guys at 6 a.m. Until then, the hay is in the barn barn. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper!